Hey everybody, welcome to our discipleship journey at Beach Church. We are so excited that you chose to be with us today. We will be listening to a piece of scripture. You'll be hearing some thoughts from one of our writers about that scripture, and we'll be giving you some questions for you to think about and consider, and maybe explore what God is doing in your heart. Our discipleship journey is designed to help you see that God is near and that he wants to have a meaningful relationship with you. So get comfortable, open up your heart and your mind, and let's explore what God has for us today. Hey everybody, my name is Katie Ann Vickers, and today I'm going to take you through week 11 of the discipleship journey. First, I'm going to read Acts chapter 18, starting in verse 1, all the way through Acts chapter 19 through verse 41. Founding the Corinthian Church After this, he left Athens and went to Corinth, where he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul came to them, and since they were of the same occupation, tent makers by trade, he stayed with them and worked. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself to preaching the word and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Messiah. When they resisted and blasphemed, he shook out his clothes and told them, Your blood is on your own head. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. So he left there and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God whose house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord along with his whole household. Many of the Corinthians, when they heard, believed and were baptized. The Lord said to Paul in a night vision, Don't be afraid, but keep on speaking and don't be silent. For I am with you, and no one will lay a hand on you to hurt you, because I have many people in this city. He stayed there a year and a half, teaching the word of God among them. While Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack against Paul and brought him to the tribunal. This man, they said, is persuading people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. As Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrongdoing or of a serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to put up with you Jews. But if these are questions about words, names, and your own law, see to it yourselves. I refuse to be a judge of such things. So he drove them from tribunal, and they all seized Sosthenes, the leader of the synagogue, and beat him in front of the tribunal. But none of these things mattered to Gallio. The return trip to Antioch. After staying for some time, Paul said farewell to the brothers and sisters and sailed away to Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. He shaved his head at Sancreae because of a vow he had taken. When they reached Ephesus, he left them there, but he himself entered the synagogue and debated with the Jews. When they asked him to stay for a longer time, he declined, but he said farewell and added, I'll come back to you again if God wills. Then he set sail from Ephesus. On landing at Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church. 
then went down to Antioch. After spending some time there, he set out, traveling through one place after another in the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. The Eloquent Apollos Now a Jew named Apollos, a native Alexandrian, an eloquent man who was competent in the use of the scriptures, arrived in Ephesus. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit. He was speaking and teaching accurately about Jesus, although he knew only John's baptism. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. After Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained the way of God to him more accurately. When he wanted to cross over to Achaia, the brothers and sisters wrote to the disciples to welcome him. After he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed, for he vigorously refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating through the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. Acts chapter 9 Twelve Disciples of John the Baptist While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions, and came to Ephesus. He found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they told him. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Into what, then, were you baptized? He asked them. Into John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one who would come after him that is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in tongues and to prophesy. Now there were about twelve men in all, in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly over a period of three months, arguing and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became hardened and would not believe, slandering the way in front of the crowd, he withdrew from them, taking the disciples and conducted discussions every day in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all the residents of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. Demonism Defeated at Ephesus God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hands, so that even face cloth or aprons. God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hands so that even face cloths or aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. Now some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists also attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I command you by the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. Seven sons of Siva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this. The evil spirit answered them, I know Jesus, and I recognize Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all, and prevailed against them, so that they ran out of the house naked and wounded. When this became known to everyone who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, they became afraid, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high esteem. And many who had become believers came confessing and disclosing their practices, while many of those who had practiced magic collected their books and burned them in front of everyone. 
so they calculated their value and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. In this way, the word of the Lord spread and prevailed. The Riot in Ephesus After these events, Paul resolved by the Spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem. After I've been there, he said, it is necessary for me to see Rome as well. After sending to Macedonia two of those who assisted him, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time, there was a major disturbance about the way. For a person named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, provided a great deal of business for the craftsmen. When he had assembled them, as well as the workers engaged in this type of business, he said, Men, you know that our prosperity is derived from this business. You see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this man, Paul, has persuaded and misled a considerable number of people by saying that gods made by hand are not gods. Not only do we run a risk that our business may be discredited, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be despised and her magnificence come to the verge of ruin, the very one all of Asia and the world worship. When they had heard this, they were filled with rage and began to cry out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. So the city was filled with confusion, and they rushed all together into the amphitheater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's traveling companions. Although Paul wanted to go in before the people, the disciples did not let him. Even some of the provincial officials of Asia, who were his friends, sent word to him, pleading with him not to venture into the amphitheater. Some were shouting one thing and some another, because the assembly was in confusion, and most of them did not know why they had come together. Some Jews in the crowd gave instructions to Alexander after they pushed him to the front. Motioning with his hand, Alexander wanted to make his defense to the people. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison for about two hours, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. When the city clerk had calmed the crowd down, he said, People of Ephesus, what person is there who doesn't know that the city of the Ephesians is the temple guardian of the great Artemis and of the image that fell from heaven? Therefore, since these things are undeniable, you must keep calm and not do anything rash. For you have brought these men here who are not temple robbers or blasphemers of our goddess. So if Demetrius and the craftsmen who are with him have a case against anyone, the courts are in session and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you seek anything further, it must be decided in a legal assembly. In fact, we run a risk of being charged with rioting for what happened today, since there is no justification that we can give as a reason for this disturbance. After saying this, he dismissed the assembly. Week 11 Journal Entry Paul's ministry teaches us a lot about what it means to be called by God. As a believer, we assume the call to share the gospel of Jesus with others, as was commissioned in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. We may also have an individual call, one that has been given by God, straight to each of us, 
in addition to the larger charge. These chapters reveal the complexity of Paul living out his calling and a few things we can learn about living out our calling. First, the calling remains the same, but the way in which it is fulfilled may change. Acts chapter 18 verses 9 and 10 say, One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. Paul is promised not to be harmed here, but in other places he is beaten, attacked, and thrown in jail. His mission did not change, but the way it was received was. In the rioting and the calm, God was still with Paul as he lived out his calling and followed God's will. Second, our individual callings are not for everyone. Many of Paul's partners are named here as advancers of the gospel, but the way that they were called is not the same as Paul's. They stayed in their home cities while Paul traveled the world, or traveled in different areas and for different lengths of time than Paul. In doing so, they practiced obedience, but their obedience was not the same action as Paul's obedience. Third, our individual calling may support others' callings. Apollos needed more guidance and education about Jesus and baptism to fulfill his calling. He was learned in the scriptures and able to use his knowledge to provide that Jesus was the Messiah, but he didn't have a complete picture of salvation without the support of Paul and his followers. Nevertheless, he was faithful to follow God even before he was fully prepared, trusting that God would continue to equip and empower him as he went. Fourth, the calling may not make sense outside the kingdom of God. Gallio in Acts chapter 18 verses 12 through 15 and the city clerk in Acts chapter 19 verses 35 through 40 were both quick to dismiss the chaos surrounding them. They were concerned neither with Paul fulfilling his call to advance the kingdom nor with the people defending their own causes. They were concerned neither with Paul fulfilling his calling to advance the gospel nor the people defending their own causes. They voted to approach the rioting from a legal perspective and to work in a system which was not focused on God. Without a kingdom context, it could look like Paul was a disruptive, obstinate citizen bent on defying authority and causing problems. But in the kingdom, he was listening to the Holy Spirit. This is one reason discernment is a vital part of living out our callings. Week 11 Discussion Questions what are you uniquely called by God to do? Question two. We often assume calling and vocation are the same. How are they similar and how are they different? Question three. Reflect on a time when your calling was expressed in a different way than it is now. Discuss how following God may look different in different seasons and how your calling can be lived out in various ways. Thank you for being a part of our discipleship journey. We firmly believe that a deeper relationship with God is now within reach. 
If you feel led to dive deeper into God's Word, we've made it super simple for you to find our four-day-a-week Bible reading plan along with the journal entry and some questions. All you got to do is go to beachchurchjacks.com slash discipleship journey, and you will be able to find all of our tools right there. See you next time. Scripture quotations marked CSB have been taken from the Christian Standard Bible, copyright 2017 by Holman Bible Publishers. Used by permission, Christian Standard Bible and CSB are federally registered trademarks of Holman Bible Publishers.